Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Lynn S and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Today is Thursday, October the 13th, 2022. Today we are continuing our study of the big book in the chapter more about alcoholism on page 34, the third paragraph, how then shall we help? reading one paragraph only. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Marge E, 12 Traditions, Sarah M, and readers of the text, Martha Z, Reva P, and Chris M. The share ID for yesterday, Wednesday, October the 12th, the 7 a.m. meeting, 19504, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 19509. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Marge E. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Marge. Good morning, Lynn. Thank you so much for your service. This is Margie from Massachusetts. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our lives, our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me to do service, and I pass. 
Thank you, Marge E. And Sarah M. will read the 12 traditions. Please go ahead, Sarah. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sarah M., and I'm a compulsive overeater, and it's by God's grace I go. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group ought to be anonymous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Sarah M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book in the chapter um, more about alcoholism. We're on page 34, the third paragraph, how then shall we help? Martha Z, could you read for us please? Good morning, Lynn. This is Martha C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. How then shall we help our reader determine to their own satisfaction whether they are one of us? The experiment of quitting for a period of time will be helpful, 
but we think we can render an even greater service to alcoholic sufferers and perhaps to the medical fraternity. So we shall describe some of the mental states that precede a relapse into drinking, for obviously this is the crux of the problem. Good morning, my friends in recovery. So they start out and they're asking like how how we should determine if, you know, if we're compulsive overeaters and they're talking about experimenting and um, quitting for a period of time and that would not have worked for me. I could not quit for a period of time. I mean, my disease really progressed and in the beginning I could quit for a little while but by the end, before I came to OA, I was eating almost every day. But then they, they say they're going to describe some of the states that precede a relapse and they and they say, for obviously, and make it very clear, obviously this is the crux of the problem. So I looked up crux, and it said the most important part, point, the most important point. So I started thinking, and I'm thinking about um, what comes next, like so how they're going to do that. And I think about, you know, okay, so they're going to talk about the next three stories. So they'll start talk about Tim, and they'll talk about the jaywalker, and they'll talk about Fred. So I started thinking about Jim, and I was thinking about his mental state, and I was thinking about when he was in the restaurant and how he ordered milk and a sandwich, and then he ordered another sandwich and some more milk. And then in his mental state said, hey, you know, if I mix whiskey with the milk, that should be fine. And it, it reminded me of a time when um, I was at Target and I – I buy frozen fruit, um, strawberries sometimes. So I'm at Target. I notice they have a new kind of fruit. Now, bananas are a binge food for me. The fruit is strawberries and bananas. And my disease says, hey, you can probably buy this because the bananas are mixed with strawberries. But the most amazing thing is, thank God I have been living in recovery for a while. My second thought was, oh, that's just like Jim with the whiskey and the milk. So I think the point I'm trying to make is that we have, you know, we've got this um, allergy of the body and obsession of the mind. So for the allergy of the body, what we do is we just have a food plan that doesn't include those things we really have problems with. But for the mental twist, we need to, to work the 12 steps. So I always say that my second thought is a more recovered one and that the problem is my thinking, not my feelings or my circumstances. So each day, several times a day, I pray for right thinking. So anyway, I'm very happy to be with all of you, and thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Martha Z. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared Tuesday or Wednesday, please step back and let others have their turn. And please, say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Margaret Maria B. Georgia. Wisconsin. Maria B. Jen A. Okay, if we could just hold on for a moment, please, because I had trouble. The only two names I got was Margaret B., and Maria B. Who did I miss, please? Lisa A. Pedro B. I heard Lisa and Pedro. 
Jen A. Okay, let me tell you our lineup so far. Margaret D, Maria B, Lisa, Pedro, Jen A. Space for one more. Mary A. Okay, great, thank you. Margaret D, could you go ahead please, followed by Maria B. Good morning, Margaret. Hey, Lynn, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Um, my name is Margaret Gee, and I'm so grateful to be recovered through God's grace and mercy. Um, and I'm in Georgia. This paragraph, I have lived this paragraph, and I was utterly, totally amazed as I was actually walking through, or as, as it was occurring, it was almost like I was watching myself do this and so what happened the infamous nasty blueberry anyways i was um uh having that same food item of mixed berries carefully measured out and uh <coughs> excuse me you know it um for an abstinent meal and i had only been abstinent the the food I had only had food neutrality for like maybe one or two days. So I was still kind of reeling in just enjoying that neutrality where the anxiety and the worry and the thinking and the thought process and everything is removed. And and I was really just totally amazed. So anyways, here I am in a, and I'm measuring out this, mixture of frozen vegetables and a blueberry falls out and hits the floor and I want to tell you I had that blueberry in my mouth so fast and I was appalled I was watching like I say I was kind of watching myself at just the sheer reaction it was almost like if you've ever walked a dog and they found it they find a chicken bone on the sidewalk they'll have it in they'll have it in their mouth before you're even aware that it's that they've done it and i was so grateful for that experience because it showed me that i don't sometimes that first thought is unconscious i don't really have i i can't think the thought through because it's like boom there and i'm acting on it before i even realize it and so I've always, since then, um, I've just been so thankful to my higher power for that experience because it showed me, without a doubt, how absolutely powerless I am over the first bite, over putting something in my mouth. Um, and it makes, I mean, I just feel the protection of my higher power. So it's not the neutrality and sobriety around food is it's such a gift and um I I don't know what else to say, I guess so with that I'll pass. And thank you everybody. Oh, I know the other thing is that that gift is available to everybody. Everybody because if I can get it, anybody can get it. And with that I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Margaret D. Maria B., it's your turn, followed by Lisa. Welcome, Maria. 
Hi there. Um, Maria, please press star one to unmute. I apologize. This is Maria B. I'm a compulsive overeater, and I currently live in Vermont next to New Hampshire on the border. I'm really, really grateful to be here today. Um, I have not been. I have been, I don't know if you call it relapse, most likely. Um, I have not been eating uh, compulsively necessarily, um, which is weird, but the disease is as strong as ever. I make myself no, I have no illusions that just because I'm not feeling as compulsive that the disease is not with me. And um, I've had so much life stress and life situations that the weight fell off me like a avalanche, but I had a life situation. But this is about the book and um, I am now very, very involved in the program. I've been going to my first program, which is about the drink. And um, I am so grateful that though I have had such a life crisis um, that um, the big book speaks to me. And I love that story that was discussed. And also I love the first year. Um, I'm just the same way. And I love the idea of the first thought um, and the second thought. And for me, every thought that I think I come up with can be nuts. And I am so grateful that I have so many friends in the program. And now I want to, I still want to return to this program. So think of me and pray for me because this, this meeting is amazing to me. So I welcome phone calls, which I will indicate in the end. Thank you so much. I love this story about Bill and the milk and the berry. And the, Anyway, thank you. Bye-bye. I pass. Thank you, Maria B. Lisa, it's your turn, followed by Pedro. And can we have the initial of your last name, please, Lisa? Sure, moderator, and thank you for your service. It's Lisa N. as a Nancy, and I'm from Wisconsin. Um, so good morning, everybody, and thank you for letting me share today. The, I guess the thing that popped out at me first was um, the mental states that precede a relapse into drinking, for obviously this is the crux of the problem. And to me, that said, my buildup of emotions, my, the way I can't cope, <laughs> not the way I cope, the way I can't cope. And um, that would be because all day long I was thinking about my loved ones, the people that I was sure I knew how to love and how they irritated me. Every single person I talked to irritated me. And every person um, treated me a certain way that I felt like the victim and I was really this nice lady. And why was everybody treating me like this? So for me, it's mental crux was the way I couldn't cope in the buildup of the human emotions all day long, twirling and swirling in my head. And that's why I picked up the food, because it was the only thing that I could turn to and feel like I had any relief from that anxiety at all. And um, 
what last night something happened. I was on the phone with the bank for an hour. I was waiting on hold. And I kept saying to God, you know what? I can choose. This is a choice I have to make. I can be upset about this, having to listen to that silly music for an hour, or I can just accept that this is the way it is and they're going to help me eventually. And I said it about three times because I was offered to take offense. I was offered to get upset in my mind, but I know that's not the answer. Um, my higher powers peace is the answer. So I hope you guys have a great day, and I'm looking forward to hearing your shares. Bye now. Thank you, Lisa N. Pedro, it's your turn, followed by Jen A. And Pedro, could we have the initial of your last name, please? Sure. Good morning. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Thank you for your service. Yeah, my name is Pedro B, as in boy. Um, I, I am a compulsive overeater, grateful to be recovered today. Thank you for uh, for your service, and thank you for everyone being here. You know, uh, you have become my brothers and sisters, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, um, you know, I uh, somehow I you know it's four o'clock in the morning here. And, uh, I believe I was uh, awakened by by my higher power uh, to come into this meeting this morning, and I'm really grateful for that. Um, you know, uh, when when I heard the lady read the paragraph, it has such an impact on me this morning. You know, when especially that line where it says, uh, um, uh, so we should describe some of the mental states that precede a relapse into drinking for obviously this is the crux of the problem. And the... the the first thing I thought was, I got to look up that word cross. But the lady looked it up for me, most important, right? And then the other thing that came into my mind is this idea that alcoholism centers in the mind, in the thinking. That's where my disease is, the way I think. And that needs to change, right? Spiritual awakening, the change of my thinking, my thinking, and, and on page 86, on awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. We consider a plan for the day. Uh, we ask God to direct our thinking. See? So, uh, it, it's, it, you know, I I have a friend in OA that says that uh, food is not the problem for the compulsive overeater. The problem of the compulsive overeater is his, his, our emotions, the way we feel. This morning... Is is like I'm I'm feeling that the problem is my thinking, not only my so it's it's, it's thinking and emotional and spiritual, so it's it's it's, it's the whole thing, you know, life, you know, <laughs> physical, emotional, spiritual, uh, even material, because when my thinking is clear, I can make more money. So I'm really happy. Uh, you know, the other thing that came into my mind this morning is one of my uh, AA sponsors a long time ago, he told me that uh, the only thing I can do is make you think. The only thing I can do is make you think, he said to me. And I realized this morning that 
this book makes me think. See? Because my problem is the cross of my problem, the most important thing of my problem is my thinking. You know, this time is... Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. I uh, I wish I had more time to share one more thing, but uh, thank you so much, everyone. I, I really need you. If you're new, please come in back and uh, put out your phone number so I can call you. Thank you. Thank you, Pedro B. Jen A., it's your turn, followed by Mary A. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, Lynn. Thanks so much for your service today. My name is Jen A. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Littleton, Colorado. Welcome to the newcomers and those who are new online. It's so exciting to hear new voices and new people. So thanks for unmuting and um, I'm sharing today. Um, you know, I didn't even know it was my thinking when I got here. And I love that this uh, on 35, it's the mental state that precedes the relapse. You know, we did the test, walk up to the nearest bar, try and drink, you know, go into the nearest um, gym and try and work out, um, try the latest fad, um, you know, intermittent fasting and see if that works for you too. Um, it didn't work for me. Um, you know, what my thinking is, is going to lead me to, to drinking. And that's what I learned in this 12-step program. Um, conscious or unconscious, I have this thought. I make up a story in my mind. I listen to that story, and then I believe that story. And those stories are what take me back every single time to my best ideas, and that's drinking or eating, right? Um, and so I'm so grateful that um, today, you know, they're giving us examples, and we're going to hear all these fabulous stories and how this chapter is set up, because after we, after we learn in 23 through 43 about our mind, we're going to hear about the solution to the mind. And my mind only stays quiet, and the inner mental anguish, the mad, crazy girl, and the stuff and crap in my head can only get quiet in one way, the 12 steps. Working it through the 12-step program of Alcoholics Anonymous, Overeaters Anonymous now, right, is that, you know, it takes me from a mental state to a spiritual state. I need these 12 steps. They lead me back to higher power. They lead me to make a decision what, not based on my mind, but based on what, what God wants and what God has in store for me. So, you know, instead of getting that fix from the food, um, when my mind heats up, I go to God and I get a fix from God. And God always simmers it down and settles my thoughts down. That's a beautiful place to be today. It doesn't happen overnight. But when it does get there, all I can do is say thank you and give credit where credit's due. And that's to this awesome 12-step program, a sponsor who's shown me the way through these pages, and a God that um, I love and serve today. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Jen A. Mary A., it's your turn. Please go ahead, Mary. Good morning, everyone. My name is Mary A. I'm out of Portland, Maine, and I'm a recovering compulsive overeater and really glad to be here with everybody today and thank you for everybody who shared reading this paragraph um, reminded me of several things the first thing it reminded me of is the opening paragraph to this chapter on page 30 where it says no person likes to think he is bodily and mentally different from his fellows 
Therefore, it's not surprising that our drinking careers have been characterized by countless vain attempts to prove we could drink like other people. And that's me, like countless vain attempts to prove to myself that I can eat like other people. And, um, you know, that experiment fails every time because I can't eat like other people. I have uh, what I like to call a broken brain. Um, and I can't solve the problems that my broken brain creates with the broken brain that created them. I have to have access to something that can stand between me uh, and that first thought that comes from the broken brain and taking an action on that thought. So that thing that stands between it for me is the higher power. I have to have a power something other than me that can stand between me and acting on that first diseased thought. The other thing that this reading brought up for me was you know, 10 years ago when I first worked with a sponsor from A Vision for You, and she would say, Mary, it's not about the green bean. It's about the thinking about the green bean. And it took me years to understand what she meant, that if I abstain from my compulsive foods, then the phenomenon of craving is never going to happen and I wouldn't have to worry about it. So yes, a, a food plan which helps me stay away from the things that set off the physical craving is absolutely essential to my program. But And if that's all there were to it, then I'd be fine, right? I'd be on a diet and I'd be fine. But that's not all there is to it. I've got this broken brain that guarantees that I'm going to believe the lie that I can eat like normal people. And um, the other thing that this paragraph reminded me of is, you know, as I practice the 12 steps and eventually we get to step 11, where it says we ask God for inspiration and intuitive thought or a decision. And that what used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind so my mind is being healed as I do this work. And through that healing, I come to rely on the thoughts that are given to me from a higher power rather than those that come through a diseased brain. And with that, I'll say thank you and pass. Thank you, Mary A. For those of us who might have come on the line a little bit later this morning, we are continuing our study of the big book and the chapter more about alcoholism. We're on page 34, the third paragraph, How Then Shall We Help? The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared on Tuesday or Wednesday, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Benita J. From Pennsylvania. Wendy B. Jennifer California. C. Rick J. Janelle B. Let me, tell you, let me tell you who I heard, please. Anita J. Wendy. Jennifer C. Rick J. I missed a couple of people. Janelle B. From Pennsylvania. Who is that from Pennsylvania, please? Beth, B-E-T-H. Beth. Laura L. Oh, great. Thank you. I've got a lineup now. Anita J., Wendy, Jennifer C., Rick J., Beth, and Laura P. Anita, 
please go ahead. Thank you. Thank you very much for your service and everybody on the line for being here. My name is Anita J, and um, I'm recovered, uh, living in uh, Massachusetts, west of Boston. Um, years and years ago, I heard, the mind is a dangerous place to visit. Never go there alone. And you know what? That's right. That's what we've been talking about all morning. It's the mind tells us what we really want to hear. I mean, that is the first thought. You can have it. You can have it if you sit down and put it on a plate. You can. You can. What's wrong with the floor? It's a surface. It was washed a couple of days ago. I mean, this is insane, isn't it? And, um, but it isn't when the curious mental twist happens. It sounds perfectly normal. Of course it is. Of course, if it was so normal, why don't I do that behavior when anyone else is around? But I don't ask myself that question. So the only way I can go to my higher power, uh, to my uh, brain is with my higher power. And the only way all those funny little stopgap measures, which only last as long as I'm doing it, go for a walk, but I have to come back. So, but if I take that walk holding the hand of God, that changes it, doesn't it? It changes it for me. It's, um, all this, I feel like I sound so wise. You know why? It took me decades to learn this. Because of my ego, ego reduction I needed. I, I don't know where in my gut. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But it's wonderful to hear everybody who also knows this is the crux of the problem. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita J. Wendy, it's your turn, followed by Jennifer C. Welcome, Wendy. And can we have the initial of your last name, please? Uh, v. This is Wendy V. from California. Good morning, Please everyone. Please go ahead. Good morning, everyone. Um, so, yeah, the mental state that precedes the first bite. I was thinking about being in this program and reflecting back years ago when I was young. How is it that I would take my mind was smart enough to get me to a meeting, but my mind wouldn't work when I left the meeting and binged after an OA meeting? And you know, I could come up with a great idea at the end of it all to go to a meeting, but the knowledge sitting in a meeting for an hour was not enough to keep me abstinent. I would still leave the meeting and end up binging. And, you know, these were all good experiences because they make for a great first step. Uh, knowledge, self-knowledge will avail me nothing. Knowledge that I gain outside of the program, diets that I've tried, and even knowledge that I gain while I'm in the program will do absolutely nothing. I cannot stay abstinent based on knowledge that I put into my brain. The only thing that works is that 
if the if information from somebody in this book and this program is given to me over and over and somehow it seeps in and God cracks open my brain enough for me to get through the denial to see that I will always, this brain will always take me back to food, no matter what, no matter how much I do, I will walk to the refrigerator and binge again. When I see that that's all I can do of my very own self in or out of this program, because it doesn't matter where I'm at, the walls don't matter. Doesn't matter whether I'm in a restaurant or an OA meeting. My mind stays the same. It takes me back to food. Unless, unless I have a spiritual experience. Thank you. Thank you, Wendy B. Jennifer C., it's your turn, followed by Rick J. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service this morning. This is Jennifer C. Recovered by God's grace in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, so this paragraph, amongst many others in this book, remind me over and over again that I have no effective mental defense against that first bite. And that's where my insanity starts, right? But... <laughs> Once I'm no longer fighting that first fight and I've been restored to sanity, I get to see all the other ways that I am without defense. I get to see all the other ways that I need God's power to save me. And, you know, this, this reality that I cannot do anything, right, anything on a non-spiritual basis. This is a way of life now. I concede to the fact that without God, I am nothing. I can't do this. Step one, I can't do this. I cannot do this. I can't beat food. I can't beat my own mental twist. I can't beat all the other lies and delusions that um, come at me on a daily basis, right? The fear and the panic and the shame and the orphan mentality, right? When I forget that I am a beloved child of an amazing, perfect father. All those things remind me that I am without power in and of my own strength because the reality for me today is that I am addicted to self-reliance. And I don't even know when I go into self-reliance. And that's another mental twist. Oftentimes, I don't see the self-reliance until it's licked me. And so the reality for me today is God... I can't do anything without you. I need God to help me work with the program. When I answer the phone, when a fellow calls me, that's God. When I, you know, am able to sustain this new way of life on a daily basis, that is God working in me. And so if I can stay there, that place of humility, of course, it begins with that mental twist, the insanity around that first bite. But this book also tells me that my very life today depends upon the constant thought of others, right? And how I can help meet their needs. So my disease is going to work really hard to move me away from that place. You don't need this program, Jennifer. You don't need to call those people back. You don't need your prayer meditation. Five minutes is enough. You've got other things to get to. All the other ways that my disease lies to me, it begins with that mental twist around food, but it does not end there. And without God, I am nothing. So thank you for letting me share, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Jennifer C. Rick J., it's your turn, followed by Beth. Welcome, Rick. 
Hey, thank you for your service, Lynn. My name is Rick J. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina and currently uh, out on the Outer Banks. Um, and I was thinking about this. One of my more um, relapses that I had in this program occurred um, at this same beach house I'm at now with my friends. And, you know, and that mental state, you know, I came down here uh, with a bunch of men in recovery and my OA sponsor um, was going to be coming down the next day. And these are all a bunch of fellows, uh, you know, and in, uh, in AA. And um, so nobody's drinking, but there's a lot of uh, food around that uh, I would not be eating. And I was very excited to be there. I was determined to, you know, to be working this program and my, uh, you know, my OA sponsor was coming. I'd invited him down. He was coming the next day, and we were having uh, a uh, anniversary celebration for one of the fellows here. And somebody just put a slice of cake and, you know, in front of me, and I just ate it. And you know, so there was. It's it's like for me the mental state, the mental state that uh, you know, per- precedes a relapse is one that's disconnected from thinking there's really no thinking it's it's insanity really um because i'm i'm unable to you know to bring with sufficient force you know everything that i'm doing all the relapses all the pain the remorse the horror of every every single binge i've had in the past you know it just it's like it slips out of gear and there's there's no connected thought sanity there's nothing that's connecting me to reality it's just this big huge disconnect and uh you know my my disease sounds just like me so for whatever it is you know if i'm saying oh wow that i i will enjoy this and help you celebrate (laughs) Uh, my disease is sounding just like me and you know and it's afterwards you know after two or three slices of cake have gone down. I'm like, Oh my God, what have I done? You know, and here I've got to tell my, my sponsor who's coming the next day that I've relapsed. And, um, our sister from South Carolina who just shared said something one time that I love, um, you know, the problem with delusional thinking is we don't realize it's delusional thinking. So I'm, I'm in a state where I do not have a coherent thought connected to, the problem with my food, that is the problem, is that I have this mind. It's a chronic alcoholic mind. And what's wild about it for me, and I've shared this before, but it's, it's, for me, it's like a, it's a physical and it's, and it's a mental parasite, this thing that lives in me that does not want me to live in the light. It wants me in the dark and ultimately to kill me. So, I'm so grateful to be absent today, back in this place where I've got three years of recovery as of Monday. Thank you very much. Without a pass. Thank you, Rick J. Beth, it's your turn, followed by Laura. And Beth, could we have the initial of your last name, please? Sure. Good morning, everyone. My name is Beth, excuse me, V as in Victor from Pennsylvania. I'm very grateful to be recovered today and living in steps 10, 11, 12. 
uh, regarding step 12, uh, or I should say, I take this paragraph to remind me of regarding step 12 and how I can help the newcomers to determine whether they are one of us. And um, also in reference to being of greater service uh, and being for me to be able to describe to others my mental states that preceded a relapse because that is the crux of the problem as it states um, the mental twist and these things that go on in our minds before we pick up. And this part is a very, very important part of this disease. And I, um, I listen to vision every day, like many of us on the line, and I hear how people are overcoming this mental twist just for today by living in the steps and practicing a connection and a relationship with a power greater than ourselves. And to me, that means that I have to find time, quiet time, and sit still. And I have to open my heart and soul to something greater than myself. And so when I show up for this power and pray to absorb it, and, and to pray for contact throughout the day as much as possible, then I am, I have a chance. And I, um, I just would also say that I thank everyone here today for keeping me abstinent and for helping me to remember what I need to do daily. And I loved what I heard earlier today. Um, someone said that, their first thought might be uh, a disease a disease thought but their second thought is a, re- a more recovered thought and that power of pausing is probably one of the most greatest tools in recovery that i have learned up to date is to take a pause when something is really going wrong in my life and i'm in danger of picking up or acting out and i just thank everyone, everyone here that, you know, keeps me abstinent. And with, with that, I will pass. Thank you, Beth B. And Laura, it's your turn. And can we have the initial of your last name, please, Laura? Yes, thank you so much. I'm Laura L. And I'm from Connecticut and um, gratefully recovered and um, bulimic food addict, compulsive overeater, all of the above. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody, for your shares and your service. Um, I'm feeling emotional because this is just, this is the essence, the crux, um, if you will, as um, that got me into, um, that got me into addiction. No, sorry. I was born an addict, I think, but that, that keeps me, um, keeps me from the sunlight of the spirit. So basically what I was thinking while everybody was doing their beautiful shares was that not only does my mind tell me um, it's okay to pick up, it's, you know, um, I'm, I'm a normal eater, or it should be a normal eater, just everything that people have said, but it also convinces me that I'm not worthy of abstinence, I'm not worthy of God's love, that I'm, um, um, that, you know, putting myself down or beating myself up for something um, for all the crazy, insane thoughts that I have that, um, that one, isolate me from God, that 
to um, create those emotions that someone said earlier that um, and the emotions are why we eat not only the thought but the thought that creates emotions um, whether it's whether it's sadness whether it's anger you know whatever those it's the thought and the emotion and then that leads to the behavior um, thing I deserve this because I need a treat I need a reward I need um, something to get me through so I don't have to feel that emotion um, so Everybody, thank you so much for everything you've said today. Um, I am so grateful that I am now one day at a time as I wake up an addict um, and a newcomer every day, that one day at a time I'm asking God to direct my thinking and then letting God direct my thinking. Um, and that's, you know, it's a willingness to be open-hearted, open-minded, set aside everything I think I know, um, and just let just let me follow God. Um and one other thing, the person who just spoke, thank you for reminding all of us about pause, pray, and new spiritual energy. If I didn't do that, if I didn't pause, then um, I would be right back where, you know, where I would be leading myself into death rather than to living every day. So thank you, everybody. Um, appreciate your shares, and um, have a blessed day. Thank you, Laura L. And we have time for two or three more shares. Who this would is like Charles that? Charles H. I'm sorry, stepping on your foot. Royce B. Pamela P. D. In New York. Great. Let's go with that lineup, please. Okay. I heard Charles H. Was it Royce C. Pamela B. And Drew C. Let's see how we go. Please go ahead, Charles. Good morning. Good morning. You're one of the reasons I really love Canada. You're real, you're authentic, you're smooth. I wish I had what that man had. Anyway, <laughs> this is Charles H. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And here's a pitch for people to just, you know, get off the bench, get in the game. Like, like you know what? You're not that important that you, that you should be in false pride. I'm not good enough. I got low self-esteem. I'm crazy. I'm nuts. Not utilizing the steps, right? You know, and, and it just took a light switch to be like, man, I'm getting in this game. I'm getting off the bench. I'm not kicking the can up the road no more. I'm not that important. Oh, and by the way, a side note, like, you know, if you send me an 11-step review talking about you're not resentful, you're not afraid, you, you're not self-centered, you're not egotistical, you're not, you, you, you're not human, and you're God. So why are you send, if you send me this review, it's game time. I'm going to go in on you because I don't need you to tell me that. I need you to tell me that you're human and you're playing nicely with God's kids to the best of your ability. You're working. Matter of fact, here's some equation here. You know, subtraction is really addition to my life, right? Like, so 10 and 11, we talk about 10 and 11 and 12, right? Like, so I do the 10 step. I'm not connecting any ninth step amends to it. And I'm not intertwining the 11 step. You know, three times a day, I can do that. I can pause throughout the day all day. I could be on a mountaintop. Uh, let me give you this illusion. I could be on a mountaintop. I could be on a beach all day and say, I didn't bother anybody. You didn't fellowship with nobody. So you're selfish, dishonest. It's always a for selfish, dishonesty, resentment, and fear when these crop up. You know the, you know the instructions, right? Y'all study it. Y'all don't just read it and go to sleep. You study it and live, right? So I'm going to shut up because I want to hear the other two fantastic speakers. 10 minus 11 Ten minus, without 11 is minus one. Get in the game. Get off the bench. You're not that important. Thanks. Thank you, Charles H. 
Uh, Roy C., it's your turn, followed by Pamela B. Please go ahead. Hi, I'm Roy Sand, a compulsive reader from New Orleans. Um, and I, first, I just have to say to the previous speaker, I needed that pep talk. Um, we're in the height of sports season right now and with my daughter. And thank you. That was so, that got me jacked up for today. So I, I just want to say that I shared a 10th step this morning. And the feedback and my fear was that um, only God can solve this problem. And the lady was very eloquent, and and she she just kept reiterating that that's the only the only spirit that could ever take away this problem for her. And it's so simple, but it's so true. And um, so I guess just I would from a struggling fellow here, I would I would tell you guys to remember that today when you're having a hard time, and turn to him and ask for help, and know that if if you let it in, you let the sunlight in the window. That the rescue is there. The life preserver is coming. Y'all have a great day. Thanks. Thank you, Royce and Pamela B. Please go ahead. Hello, this is Pamela P. from Pennsylvania. Um, so I just thank God. Um, when I read the passage, I just feel like you know this disease is for real. And you gotta work this program like your life depends on it every day. Um, so I did thank God for my sponsor. Um, I thank God for God in the program and I'm I'm you know, I'm doing good but the disease always find a way to be present and you really gotta think, is it worth to pick up that net composer bite? Is it worth it? So I weighed myself this morning. I lost another half a pound. And so now it's over 20 cents a lot of pounds. And I couldn't have done it without God, without your God, the vision for you, the OA, the other OA I use. And, you know, I got, you know, I got to lose the amount of weight again before I get to my goal weight. So I'm just praying to God that I get through it. The days I don't go to the gym, I'm very nervous. Um, some I get very nervous when I'm around food, when I'm not eating. And, you know, I hear so many great recovery that people could be around that trigger food and they don't trigger. And that's the recovery I want. So I'm just praying today that I am thankful, I am grateful for God, for my partner, for program, and keep coming back. The program does work, but you got to work it. And for that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Pamela P. And Drew C., you've got about a minute and a bit left. Please go ahead. You bet. Thank you. This is Drew D. in New York. Uh, Really grateful to be here. I just wanted to focus on the first, first word that jumped out was, we help. Um, I, I think that for me was was clarifying about when I'm in recovery, um, I can check my mental state. Am I helping? I, I and I, I, 
for me, that's also a helpful reminder that I have to do it with my community. I have to do it with this group because on my own, I can't, I can't see my own mental state, um, which is why the second word I wanted to focus on was obviously <laughs> the crux of the problem. I, I had a reaction to that because I, I didn't know that that was the crux of the problem, and I'm not sure that's obvious. I seem to be very effective at forgetting that on a daily basis. So just wanted to say thanks for everyone's honesty to help me see that the problem today and the solution without that. Thank you, Drew D. Thank you to everyone who shared, and thank you to Team Thursday. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Thursday, October the 13th, the 7 a.m. meeting is 19511. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Reva P., would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, this is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.